Today is, in fact, the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we will live. Times such as these, as it says in the book of Esther, and I say, because of that, we have a unique set of responsibilities. Gentleman has stepped up in a huge way, responsibility of a lawyer to defend the people who are being uh, marginalized. Nathan Arnold joins me. He's filed suit against the state of Washington against uh, Jay Inslee's COVID injection, injection diktats. Counselor, welcome to the Todd Herman Show. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Um, number one, let me thank you for stepping forward uh, with this lawsuit. I want to get into it. The, the, the facets of the case are fascinating to me. So I just know I speak for a lot of people, Washington State Patrolmen, first responders, nurses, teachers, just everybody uh, who doesn't want their bodily autonomy disrupted. Nathan, thank you. Thank you. And the first issue in this case is really one of separation of powers between our executive and legislative branches in the state of Washington. Um, We have a, I hate to call it a secondary issue because it's very much not secondary, but we have a um, secondary issue, which is if this can be done by whatever branch of government, it must be done in a way that is constitutional, that respects people's religious freedoms, their medical situation, And specifically in the state of Washington, which is not necessarily the case in the rest of the country, a privacy right that is guaranteed by our state constitution. And so I I really want people to realize that this is not um, a particularly politically motivated lawsuit for my law firm. Um, In fact, I don't think that we could win an election for either side if my law firm were just the ones (laughs) voting. My law partner and good friend is one of the most staunch Democrats that I know. Um, And I know that the opposition is going to paint us otherwise, but we'll see what happens as we go down the road. We just very strongly believe that the intersection of separation of powers and civil liberties is something that needs to be looked at very and examined very critically to ensure that people's rights are being protected. Uh, Nathan Arnold's with us. He's filed suit in in, uh, Walla Walla uh, against Jay Inslee for the COVID injection diktats. And Nathan, you mentioned many things in that, uh, starting with, first of all, the importance that people operate within their powers. Your case also, though, opens very boldly uh, with the fact that it, it, it appears at least there is the appearance that there is almost um, a calling of the herd um, that the effect of this could be perhaps the intent. I don't know that we know that, but I would say I sense the intent is to make sure there's people, no people in civil service who disagree with Jay Inslee. Uh, it would seem to me that that it's at least a calling of the herd of getting rid of religious people from government. Uh, your case mentions that, as I recall. Yes. Yeah, so. You know, we, of course, want to present things that we have evidence for, um, as opposed to things that we just have hunches about. And I think that we have evidence that that is the case where there have been emails leaked, particularly the general counsel for the governor. They have indicated that they will have religious exemptions only if they have to, and they will make it as narrow as possible. So, even if it's not the intent, and it's hard to discern people's intent in a court of law or otherwise, 
But when we're dealing with civil liberties, and that's not just religious liberties, but when we're dealing with civil liberties, the effect of the government action is also very important. So if the effect of this mandate is to effectively remove from civil service those people that disagree with the executive branch, it is highly problematic. And what we really need to focus on when we talk about civil liberties is what's convenient today because you agree with the person in power does not necessarily mean it's going to be convenient later. And this is more a message for those that oppose what I'm doing, probably not as much your listeners. But the latest polling show that Donald Trump might just win the election if it was held again today. And I know that I personally would not want Donald Trump mandating what's being injected into my body. And I certainly would do not want someone who had a religious objection to it having to do that. And so when we look at civil liberties, we have to remember that the people in power today will not be the people in power tomorrow. And the government generally, we see this in taxes all the time, the government does not go backwards in ceding power. If a ta- except in a generation, maybe with taxes, if the government can tax it today, they are not going to change more likely than not down the road. Yeah, it's, a, it's really well said, Nathan. Um, as you know, everybody with a Twitter account is also a constitutional scholar uh, and reads precedent in the Supreme Court. There are law geeks like me. I make no uh, claim to be a scholar. I was very curious how you would approach um, one of the precedent setting cases that they say is a case, a precedent setting case, this case Jacobson in uh, Massachusetts, smallpox. Smallpox was um, about a thousand times more deadly um, than the COVID flu, which has a 99.87% overall survival rate. Talk about that case, Jacobson, because you do bring this up in your filing. Uh, Nathan Arnold's with his filed suit against uh, Jay Inslee. Well, first and foremost, you know, I'm just a lawyer, so I don't want to opine on the um, medical efficacy of of the vaccine, the medical efficacy of the smallpox vaccine. Um, But I believe there is good data out there on the relative mortality rate between smallpox and COVID-19. And I also want to reiterate, this is not an anti-vaccine lawsuit, nor is my law firm anti-vaccine. But there are significant distinguishing elements from the Jacobson case, which has been all over the media and all over Twitter and in Washington State. First, in Jacobson, it was a actual law passed by the representative legislature of Massachusetts upon which that mandate was entered and enforced. In Washington State, there is no such law. Our legislature has passed laws about vaccinating school children, but not about vaccinating adults. And when the legislature knows how to do it for one group of people, the presumption is that they know how to do it for another group of people. And I think that's pretty common sense. So the most important distinguishing feature is that the Jacobson, um, the local authorities in Jacobson were relying on a law passed by the representative legislature. I have yet to see such authority in the state of Washington. In addition, the penalty in the Jacobson case was a $5 fine. Now, obviously, we're talking about 1905. We adjust it for inflation, which is a topic we could probably spend an hour on that's unrelated to this. 
But if you adjust for inflation, we're talking about less than $550. So what we're not talking about is people losing their jobs. People, for instance, law enforcement potentially facing decertification. So an inability, highly likely inability to even get a job elsewhere in another state. And we're not talking about, this isn't a case where someone can just go get a replacement job because a lot of these folks are losing out on pensions that they have earned over a lifetime of civil service. So the contrast between the penalty in Jacobson and the penalty in the Washington mandate is stark. Um, in addition, and you alluded to this, um, the mortality rate for smallpox, I think, was north of 30 percent. Um, so I would I- I'm guessing here and I won't guess in court, but I can guess on the radio that a lot of folks would feel much differently about this particular vaccine, maybe not necessarily from a religious standpoint, but from a health and privacy standpoint, if there was a 30% mortality rate for COVID-19. Right. And if, and if the CDC, Nathan, uh, has, as I know this is not uh, central to your case or even a part of your case, the CDC admits that the mRNA injections neither stop infection nor transmission. Uh, which is, I think, an important factor in this. Uh, Nathan Arnold's with us. He has filed suit against Jay Inslee uh, for the COVID um, injection diktats. We'll continue with Nathan after we check traffic with right-way traffic. Nathan Arnold, exclusively on the Todd Herman Show, has filed suit against Jay Inslee uh, in his role as governor. And in and uh, I guess uh, overreach would be the cliched way to say it. That's the way the shiny shoe Republicans say it. Um, I see it as a gross abuse of power. And Nathan, part of your job is to look and see, is there any authority that Jay Inslee has to impose his will this way upon people? And I, I'm certain that you've done your own opposition research and your own wargaming. So w- 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 do they have anything on which to hang their hat, as you can see it? So under the Washington state constitution, the governor has powers that are granted by the constitution or by the legislature delegating its general power to him. There is a state, a statute upon which this mandate relies. It's the governor's emergency powers. Um, I don't think it passes the test for a variety of reasons. However, for one thing, the original emergency proclamation in Washington was entered 20 months ago, I would suggest that by axiom, something that's been going on for 20 months cannot be an emergency. And that brings us to a really important point, which is the legislature, which is the appropriate body to act on these things, has had ample time to do so. And in fact, the governor does have the legal authority to call a special session of our representative legislature. So, the, the basis that the governor is using is his emergency powers. Now, those emergency powers are important. You know, we are not unfamiliar to natural disasters in Washington state. Um, you know, if there's a wildfire headed towards Wenatchee, it makes sense for an executive branch to be able to tell people it's time to get out of your homes. We're sorry, but the disaster is coming. However, in this case, what we really need is the legislature to act. Um, There are additional issues under the governor's emergency powers. He's not allowed to suspend laws that um, ensure First Amendment rights. 
And so that comes back to where we have this intersection of separation of powers and civil liberties. That is to say, on the and this is really the thrust of our lawsuit right now, is as a threshold matter, can the executive do this? And I don't believe that he can without the legislature's consent. And then regardless of which branch of government is taking these actions, they have to do so in a way that respects civil liberties. And again, we are absolutely not arguing in this case that there has not been a pandemic here and everything that's come with it, medical and otherwise, has been very tragic. We are not arguing that that did not occur or is not still occurring. But the government should not use emergencies, whether it's whatever your definition of an emergency is, the government should not be allowed any branch to use emergencies to trample people's civil liberties. Yeah, agreed. And, and the trampling of civil liberties, I want to talk about the primary victims of that. But then there's a secondary victim uh, that I don't think people have thought through, particularly people who've been injected with the mRNA. I don't think they've thought through this. When you have the government, Nathan, as I understand it, and I've talked to Washington State Patrolman for whom this has happened, called into a room and have an agent of the government say, prove to me you're religious. Prove to me your sincerity. I've tried to flip this because it's Western Washington and say, if an HR person brought someone into their um, office and said, say, I see that you um, uh, have uh, notified us you're a gay employee. How gay are you? Like, talk to us about your gayness or your blackness, right? Or your womanness. Um, I'm sorry, that opens you up for a massive lawsuit. Plus, you're a jerk. If you say that to somebody, you're an ass. But we have government officials. This seems to me to be a, a religious litmus test, which, Nathan, correct me if I'm wrong, that flies in the face of the federal constitution, but very specifically the Washington state constitution. It does. The Washington state constitution actually has separate sections under Article 1 for freedom of speech and the right to petition the government on the one hand and then religious freedoms on the other. And our state constitution explicitly states that there shall be no religious test to hold government office or government employ. And there is a and this is a and again, I hate to call it a secondary issue because it's hugely important to people. But if the government can clear the separation of powers hurdle, then there's a question of have they implemented this in a way that is appropriate under our state constitution, given people's rights to religious practice and to privacy. And there's a very important interplay between and the right to privacy is a separate um, section of the Constitution as well. The state constitution, which is somewhat unique for Washington. But in any event, Individual citizens have a right to not be disturbed in their private affairs and individual citizens have an absolute right to religious practice. So I do believe and I contend that the way that the government has gone about testing people's religious sincerity is highly problematic and has a chilling effect on people's ability to practice their religion. And I think it's really important for people to remember that this is across the board. The religion du jour that is, or I should say the not du jour, is, you know, next year, next decade, next century. Put it on as long of a timeline as you want. Hopefully the state of Washington still exists a century from now. What religious group 
can this be used against then? And we need to look as far into the future as we possibly can and look at the impacts of what we do and what we allow our government to do today. So well said. Nathan Arnold's with us. I want to make sure we get a second to ask you how my listeners can help, and we'll do that. Uh, he's filed suit against uh, Washington State, JNZ, in his role as governor. Um, your, your, your suit mentions the denial of life, liberty, pursuit of happiness um, by virtue of firing people for not getting injected with something that violates their religious faith. Um, but there's also then I've heard from Nathan. I heard from a friend of mine who is a corrections official. He foresees prisons not able to operate. I've heard from a friend of mine who is a firefighter in eastern Washington. He foresees 50 people fired from Spokane's firefighting crew in a city prone to fires. Um, I'm sorry, but if this has the result of entire towns not having nurses or doctors or there's New York, there's a case they're not delivering babies. Um, is that a, are these people then secondary victims of these acts of, in, of injuries? I think that they are. You know, we need these are essential government services. And it's really pretty sad because these are folks that were all heroes nine months ago and now they're being vilified. I do need to correct one thing, though. You said life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And That's under our That's under our state constitution, <laughs> life, liberty and property, property. will not be deprived without yeah, yeah. due process. All right. So I, I can't help myself but be precise. But that's what's happening here is where, you know, hopefully we're not to the life part of that sentence. And there's a reason that life is first, then liberty, and then property. But we certainly are to the liberty element, and we are certainly at the property element. So um, to your to your point, um, I actually, within the last hour or so, I was, I was speaking to someone who's um, a administrative assistant at their organization was in contact today with the unemployment office on a totally unrelated matter. This is just complete happenstance. And the person on the other end of the phone line, so I'm told, and this is hearsay within hearsay, but so I'm told was actually a national guardsman manning a phone at the unemployment office. Wow. 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 This is the result that we could see here. So uh, unbelievable. We got about a minute and a half, maybe two minutes left. Um, Nathan, how can my audience help you? You have taken on a, a, a machine that can pour money and bury you in paper, brother. So how do we how do we help? Absolutely. And I really appreciate that. So the reason I got involved in this is because I represent law enforcement officers in whistleblowing cases against departments. And I was, I'm friends and colleagues with the gentleman who filed the case in Oregon a week and a half ago, two Fridays ago. And he and I had a case we were working on and he started saying, telling me about what he had done and said, there's so many people from Washington that are calling him and he can't find any lawyers that are doing anything about this. And I was just stunned by that. I don't know where those groups that purport to care about civil liberties are. But I just decided that I had to do something about it, and I had to do some serious uh, arm twisting for the rest of my law firm, but I've now got them on board. And um, any other resources of like-minded lawyers, I would be delighted to connect with. 
Um, we have individuals who are organizing people who believe about these same things to provide support. Uh, but, you know, right now we really just have a grassroots effort. And because of how fast this is happening, the timeline that the governor has placed this on, um, we are in a lot of ways getting our feet underneath this, but we're planning to charge ahead. We appreciate any support. And down the road, I can probably come up with something more specific. All right. So listen, get in touch with this show. Nathan is, is fielding hundreds of emails an hour. If you're a lawyer and you are ready to lawyer, uh, and defend people against the unmitigated power of the state. Understand me talking here, not Nathan. If they can do this with the COVID injection, they can do it with anything they want. If they can do it with an experimental gene therapy, which is what Moderna called it in their SEC filings, gene therapy, not a vaccination, they can do it with whatever they want. So if you want to get ahead of that, get in touch with the program. I will get your name to Nathan um, and hope you can help in that way. Uh, I hope you keep in touch with us. I, I, I admire all lawyering. Everybody deserves a defense. I truly admire brave lawyering, uh, Nathan. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that your partner, um, the Democrats in the firm, you didn't disclose your politics, that he sees the freedom issue here. That, that, is, that means you guys are a great firm. So I appreciate you, Nathan Arnold. Go with God's good grace. Thank you very much. Thank you.